Will you stand with me on this resurrection morning? So thankful for the goodness of God that brought us all here. This uh, last night I was sitting with my children and telling them the what Easter is all about. You know, they got all the uh, the candy and the chocolate and we always have fun with all that. But I said, we're going to talk about it. And I just started talking about Jesus being born and everything good he did. And I got to talk and it was so wonderful because they were stopping me and saying, oh, but this also happened. This also happened. I said, that's right, it did. And I got to the point where I was talking about what Jesus did and how they brought him before Pilate and Pilate tried to wash his hands and they took him to the whipping post and how he did all that for us. And Lydia stopped me. She said, I always start crying when you get to this part, Daddy. And I, I, I about started crying at that point. Because it's such a wonderful thing to know what Jesus, how much he loved us. How much he cares for us. Jesus paid the full price so we could be saved. And that's why we are here today. And I pray that God will touch each and every one of us and allow that same power that was in Jesus Christ that raised him from the dead. The Bible says, if it dwells in you, it shall also quicken your mortal body. And I'm so thankful for that. I know because he lives, we shall live also. I am so honored and so privileged to stand here and introduce Brother Joey Campatella. He's a great evangelist. He is out of this church, but he travels all over, and he brings the power of God wherever he goes. Him and his wife, Jessica, walk in the Spirit, and I know they have a word for us today to help us move closer to him. Will you clap your hands to the Lord as Brother Joey Capitella comes to minister? Thank you, Jesus. Would you clap your hands to the Lord this morning? There's such a marvelous presence of the Lord in this place. We love you, Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. There is resurrection power in this house this morning. Hallelujah. And it's wonderful to be here on Easter, to be in the presence of the Lord with you. Y'all look really nice today. My goodness. Turn to your neighbor and say, you look good. Turn to your other neighbor and say, you look real nice today. Now tell him, I hope you ain't too cute to clap. Tell him, oh, turn to somebody, tell him, I hope you ain't too pretty to praise him this morning. Tell him, I hope you don't look too fancy to be a fanatic for Jesus. Tell somebody, come on. There's resurrection power. If you've just come to sit and watch a show, you're going to miss out on what the Lord wants to do in this house. Praise God. Woo. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I give honor to the whole Varnum family. Love Bishop and Sister Varnum, Pastor Jay, Sister Holly, leadership team. We love everybody here, all our family, friends, cousins, uncles, in-laws. God bless you all in Jesus' name. John chapter 19 and verse 16. I'm going to read from three passages of Scripture. I apologize for not giving you the Scriptures. John chapter 19 and verse 16. 
The setting here is after Jesus had been illegally tried and beaten. Verse 16, then delivered he th him therefore unto them to be crucified. And they took Jesus and led him away. And he bearing his cross went forth into a place called the place of the skull, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Golgotha. And he bearing his cross went forth into a place called the place of the skull. Matthew 28 and verse 1. This is the story of when they found the empty tomb. Matthew 28 and 1. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said. And then finally, Romans 8, verse 11. Paul tells us, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. I want to focus on a particular aspect of this story this Sunday. I want to talk about the way to the resurrection. The way to the resurrection. Would you put your Bibles down? Let's lift our hands together and ask the Lord to do exactly what he wants to do in this place. Would you lift your voice with me in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God, I thank you for the Holy Ghost. I thank you for resurrection power that is alive in this place, that's alive in me now as I speak your word. I thank you for the anointing of the Holy Ghost that's here. I pray that you would unstop our ears, open our eyes to see, remove the clutter from our hearts, help us to embrace the message of a risen Savior. I bind every spirit that is contrary to the work of the Lord. I loose the angels of God that accompany the preaching of the word into this place this morning in the name of Jesus. Jesus Christ, we pray. And everybody said in Jesus' name, would you clap your hands one more time to the Lord? Let's give him a shout of praise. Praise God. You may be seated. If I could get a little bit more monitor, that would be awesome. This is a very special weekend, um, even beyond the fact that it's Easter weekend. Very, very special. We have Easter every year, and Easter is a celebration of Jesus Christ rising from the dead. And But this particular weekend uh, is very different because it lines up exactly with the Jewish calendar. We are in the Jewish month of Nisan. And most historians agree that Jesus Christ was crucified in the month of Nisan on the 15th day of Nisan, which is today. Or, or this is actually when he rose again. Friday is when he would have been crucified. And that lines up perfectly. And also, Friday, early in the morning of Saturday morning, there was a, a blood moon. 
And that's been a, a lot of uh, stuff in the news about that. Anybody heard about the blood moons that are happening? There was the third blood moon that occurred this Saturday, and that also coincided with the night Jesus was taken captive and, and, and tried. And so there's many things that are lining up to, sh to, to show us uh, the reality of what happened that particular day. In Christianity, we talk about the resurrection, and we hear about the resurrection so much that it's almost old hat to us. We, we talk about the resurrection, and people just kind of clap, and they, 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 uh, they smile. But if you were there when it happened, you would have freaked out. You would have came out of your skin. I would have been drooling on myself. I'm telling you right now, if I was standing next to the body of Jesus Christ, when that spirit came inside of that dead body, and those fingers started to twitch... And those lungs that weren't working for three days all of a sudden start inhaling and exhaling some air. Let me tell you something. It would have been a different story to be that close to it. I, I've been blessed to be around several people that were lifeless, that the Spirit of God raised them up and gave them life again. My wife and I were, uh, were in a hospital. This was a little while ago. We were in a hospital, and... The, the gentleman was on uh, a respirator, he was on life support, he was on machines keeping his body alive, and his wife was in tears, and she said, we were, we were just praying for people, we were there to see a family member, and we were just praying for people, and one person asked us to come into another room, so we went in that room, prayed for him, and then they heard us praying in there, we were in the ICU where people were, were barely hanging on to life, and, and we went into the next room and this lady was crying and she said please i heard you praying please pray for my husband he is being he's living by the machines right now and we walked in and there was a priest in there administering last rites that's a bit intimidating he was saying go with god you've had a great life and we're there and we're gonna i'm not gonna say that I, there's a power inside of me and we've got a name on our lips if we speak that name everything can change in just a moment and so my wife and i we just got anointed and we said not death life in the name of jesus and the priest was still going while we were praying and he's looking at us and he's doing his thing and he's kind of you know we're invading his space, but we said, not death, life in the name of Jesus. Not death, life in the name of Jesus. Can I tell you, just a little while later, that man who was on life support was out walking out of that hospital, and he's doing just fine. Why? Because of the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Brother Curry already said it. This resurrection power, all it's looking for is somebody dead. All it's looking for is somebody broken. All it's looking for is somebody empty. That that power can come from the heavens and fill your soul. Woo! You can be seated. I'm sorry. I know it's Easter. I should be more pretty. I don't know. I was talking to my fellow evangelist, Brother Josh Herring, powerful man of God. And he just told me recently that in a church he was preaching at, they gave out handkerchiefs, which is in the Bible. The Bible says that Paul took handkerchiefs from his body, 
and gave them to the people that were sick, and all kinds of miracles happened. The Bible says special miracles, and he did this under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. He anointed some hankies and, and uh, gave them out to people, and one particular gentleman in the church was electrocuted. He was an electrical worker, and he was electrocuted till he was dead. And they took him to the hospital and just did the final checks over his dead body. And his wife read the Bible, believed the Word of God, and she took that hanky just like this. Wait a minute. A little hanky. She took that hanky that had been anointed and spoken with the name of Jesus over it, and she just laid it on that dead body. And that dead body, which was dead for an hour, jumped up and grabbed the hanky. Why? Because inside of us there is a resurrection power. It's dangerous when you put an apostolic, uh, somebody full with the Holy Ghost, uh, around a corpse. Uh, you don't know what's going to happen uh, because this resurrection power that is inside of me is trying to get into everybody else. Uh, the power that is alive inside of us uh, wants to raise people from the dead. Now, let me tell you who I'm after today. I'm just going to be absolutely blunt with you. Let me tell you who I'm after. I'm after somebody that walked into this room, you need a miracle. I'm after somebody, you came to church today, you didn't just come to look pretty, you came saying, I need a resurrection in my life, I need direction for my life, I need a miracle in my life, I need something new, I need a fresh start, you're the one I'm preaching to, in just a few minutes, resurrection power is going to come out of heaven, and it's going to fill you, it's going to take over your life, it's going to consume you. You're going to leave here different than how you walked in today. So I'm asking you, saints of God, if you know what the Lord is trying to accomplish today, come on, get with me. Don't sit on me. Don't just watch me. I'm a little stirred up. I have two kids. Traveling with one child was inconvenient. Traveling with two children and one's a newborn is absolute insanity. I'm running on just a few hours of sleep. I was so stirred up Friday night. I stayed up all night and prayed. Power of God came into my office. I was outside on the street with binoculars looking at the blood moon with a pink blanket draped around my body. It was awesome. The Bible says the Lord will come as a thief in the night. And he wasn't going to catch me sleeping Friday night, I'm telling you right now. But this resurrection power, Jesus didn't want to keep it to himself. The Bible tells us that when he resurrected from the dead, the graves were open in Jerusalem. And many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city 
and appeared unto many. What's the Lord trying to show us? He's trying to show us that the resurrection power that raised me from the dead was never meant to be kept to myself. I want to share the power that brought my body back to life. I want to share it with you. You see, before he resurrected, he had to take a journey. That night, late in the evening, he was praying in the garden. And he said, Lord, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. I don't want to deal with what I'm about to have to deal with. I don't want to go through what I'm going to have to go through. And, and he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And you know the story. The soldiers came, they arrested him in the night, illegal trial, took him before the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin said, you're guilty of blasphemy. They took him to Pilate. Pilate didn't want to do anything with him. His wife had a dream that this is a righteous man. Don't touch him. And Pilate did not want to crucify him, did not want to convict him, but because of the pressure of the people, he tried him and he, to, to appease the people, he sent Jesus Christ to the whipping post, the scourging. The Roman, Roman government had an incredible way of putting people to death and torturing them for insurrection. And when they attached him to that post, they took a whip, and that whip was braided with these little metal balls that when they would strike the flesh, those metal balls would hit the back, the thin skin that's protecting the muscles and the spine and the ribs and the organs. They would hit that back and it would cause contusions and small bruises in the, in the muscles and in the skin. And after a few more hits, those, those bruises would pop open. And, they, and depending on the attitude and the mood of the person that was actually doing the whipping, a 39-stripe sentence could go on and on depending on the, the appetite of the soldiers for gore or whatever they wanted to, to see. And so they would whip him and whip him. And, and, and history tells us, physicians tell us that because of the type of of scourging instruments they used. Sometimes even the whips were laced with bone and, and glass and different bits of metal that would rip the flesh off of the back of the man they were scourging. And by the time they laid 39 stripes on someone, they were considered almost dead. They, you do not survive after 39 stripes with the Romans scourging you. And Jesus, historians tell us that he was a bloody mess after that scourging. And there's a particular physician that did a study on what probably happened to the body of Jesus Christ. And they said, most likely after 39 stripes, his body went into what's called hypovolemic shock, which means he lost so much blood that his body is now trying to compensate. His kidney shut down to preserve the fluids that are in his body. And he's also very, very thirsty, and his body is shaking and trembling. His heart is beating at a very rapid pace to try to pump blood that's not there. And Jesus, by all intents and purposes, received a death sentence with 39 stripes. Even if they were to take him at that moment, and put him in the ICU for recovery. The chances of him recovering from that monumental loss of blood are almost zero. His body was broken and savage. But after that, 
They took him into Pilate's hall again, and Pilate, hoping to appease the bloodlust of the people, turned him around and showed the people, and he said, Behold your king. Do you still want to crucify your king? The people were not satisfied with just a simple scourging. They wanted to see him die the gruesome death of the cross. And so Pilate took the cup, the, the basin of water, and he washed his hands, and he said, I'm free from the guilt of the blood of this just man. And he handed Jesus over to the Roman soldiers, and they took him from Pilate's hall, and they put the cross upon his back. And for the next 2,000 feet, everybody say 2,000 feet, Jesus walked from what was called the Fortress of Antonia to the hill of Golgotha, 2,000 feet with a cross on his back. If you research the path that he took, it is no wider than this path right here. He was cluttered. People surrounded him. Many people were against him. Many people were spitting on him violently, saying terrible things about him. But he had that cross. His body is in shock. And he's got that old, dirty, spiny, rugged cross on his shoulder. And he's walking down the aisle on the way to his resurrection. You see, many people thought that Jesus was walking to his death, and he was. He was walking to his death. But in the mind of Jesus, if he's like any other human, he's going to not want that death to happen. But also, in the mind of Jesus, he's probably telling himself, I know this is pretty inconvenient right now. I got this cross on my shoulder, my body's aching. I can barely breathe, but I'm not on my way to the finality of death. I'm on my way to a resurrection. You see, Christianity without the resurrection is not a powerless Christianity. It is an absurd Christianity. There is no Christianity without the resurrection. It is hilarious. There are so many books. There are so many scholars. People with degrees that you could spell. You could play Scrabble with all the degrees that come after their name. And they say, well, he really wasn't dead when he was on the cross. It's called the swoon theory. He lost so much blood that he passed out. He stopped breathing. And after three days of not breathing, his body wasn't really dead, but he, was, he looked dead, and, and, but he wasn't dead. He was actually, he was limp, and there's holes in his side from the spear that pierced his heart and his lungs, but he, somehow he managed to get through that. He was a tough man, and, and he, he just simply fainted on the cross. But after three days, as it happens naturally, somebody with that many wounds, they can just come back to life and start walking and appear to so many people. And there's all these theories about how it was impossible that he rose from the dead uh, and that it was very likely that he just passed out. But that is the most ridiculous stuff I've ever heard in my life. Uh, and 
so many scholars agree, so many historians agree that the type of, of scourging that he went to all by itself uh, is just a matter of hours, maybe minutes before he dies uh, with the cross together. There's no doubt the man Christ Jesus was dead. And then people say, well, okay, so he didn't really die, but he disappeared. There's actually a group of Muslims that say Jesus left Judea and traveled to India. It's okay, you can laugh. Traveled to India and died in India. Kashmir, India. Let me tell you something. You know how I know Jesus rose again? I rose again. The Bible says, and you hath he quickened uh, who were dead in your trespasses and sins. Uh, we were dead in sin. Uh, we were lifeless. Uh, but that power that rose Jesus from the dead uh, came inside of our bodies. Uh, and we rose from the deadness of sin uh, to a new life. Uh, the change that had a hold on me uh, all of a sudden in one single moment uh, broke off of my body. I was a new creature. But to get to the resurrection, he had to walk down an aisle. It's unreal. You ought to go Google it. Google the path that Jesus walked. I'm telling you, it's not much wider than this right here. And he had that cross, and it was inconvenient. And there's something, I just want to make it plain to you today. There's something special about somebody walking down an aisle to the resurrection. I don't know why it works like that. I don't, I don't know why. I, sometimes people, uh, it seems like they want the Lord to come to where they are, and it's, it's convenient. I mean, we're kind of stopped in here a little bit. You're going to have to elbow some people in the forehead to get out of these pews. My goodness gracious. I'm kidding. Don't do it, okay? Unless you're really desperate, then do it. Whatever it takes to get up here. But there's something that happens when you step out of your pew and you get into an aisle. And it's inconvenient because if you're human like me, you're thinking, oh, my God, I'm walking up an aisle and people are watching and there's all kinds of people with suits and ties, and they're sitting there, and they're watching. But maybe it's because Jesus walked down an aisle for us. When he sees you walking down an aisle for him, it just releases that power. It releases that power. And you've got to overcome some things to do that. You've got to get over some stuff to do that. You've got to be pretty hungry to do that. You've got to be pretty desperate to take that walk down a lane to your resurrection. If you're comfortable living where you are, most likely you're not going to take that walk 
If you're happy with your life as it is, if you're content to deal with things as they always have been, most likely you're not going to be hungry enough to go down the aisle to your resurrection. But I'm preaching to someone here today. It may be one, it may be five, it may be 50. I don't know. But I'm preaching to you today. You're tired of living your life the way it's been. You're tired of dealing with the junk you've been dealing with. You're tired of dealing with the sin you've been living in. And when it comes time, you're going to step out into an aisle and say, I'm on my way to a resurrection. I'm on my way to my resurrection. I'm going to my resurrection. I don't care what people say about me. I'm going to my resurrection. Let me tell you about a boy who took a very inconvenient walk. My wife and I had an awesome experience on the first day of our honeymoon. We're not thinking about anything but smooching. First day of the honeymoon, man, and we're getting on the plane fly off into Never Never Land. We sat down next to a boy, a big old poofy-haired, blonde-headed boy. Good-looking kid, blue eyes. Sat down next to him, and after a little while of conversation, <clears throat> I said, Emil, Jesus Christ wants to fill you with His Spirit. And he said, I'm studying to be a Lutheran pastor. I've been filled with the Spirit. I said, Emil, when you were filled with the Spirit, did you speak in tongues? Because the Bible tells us when you get filled with the Spirit, when you receive resurrection power, the Bible specifically tells us you're going to talk in a language you never spoke in your life. I'm not making it up. I promise you. Acts chapter 2, verse 38, the Bible says they were filled with the Holy Ghost and they all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Acts chapter 10 says, for they heard them speak with tongues. They said they got the Holy Spirit just like we did. They're speaking in tongues just like we did when we got it. And then in Acts chapter 19, the Bible says when he put his hands on their head, which is what we're about to do this morning, when he put his hands on their head, the Bible says they begin to speak with other tongues and prophesy a new language is going to come out of your mouth. Now, why does this happen? We have a five-month-old baby somewhere over here being held by someone. I don't have a clue. Back there somewhere. Five-month-old baby named Micah. Micah is going to grow up speaking English because that is the language of the country he has been born into. If he was born in China... He would grow up speaking Chinese. Why? Because that is the language of the country he has been born into. If he was born in Haiti, he would grow up speaking Creole. Why? Because that is the language of the country he has been born into. Well, when you receive resurrection power, that's when you're born again. And you are no longer the citizen of earth. You become the citizen of a heavenly country. And as soon as you become the citizen... The citizen of a heavenly country, a heavenly language will come out of your mouth. Why? That's the language of the country you've just been born into. You can be seated. So he said, I want it. This young man, trained to be a Lutheran pastor, said, I want it. 
I said, well, good. Awesome. We'll, we'll pray for you. As soon as we get to the airport, don't want to create a terrorist issue on the plane, so we'll pray for you when we get down in the airport. And I said, Emil, have you ever been baptized in water in Jesus' name? He said, well, I was baptized in the titles, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. I said, Emil, Matthew 28, 19 tells us, go you therefore baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. But those are simply titles, three titles that one person can wear. Did you know one person can wear multiple titles? I am a husband, I am a father, and I am an evangelist. But my name is Joe. And as a human, to operate in one title, I have to withdraw from another. Right now, I'm operating in the role of evangelist. So I'm preaching and I'm pulling. But when I go home, I do not preach and pull my wife. I would die. I will smooch my wife. I step out of the role of evangelist. I step into the role of husband. But I don't smooch the saint. Anybody thankful for that revelation right there? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Why? Because I withdraw from the title husband to operate in the title evangelist. I'm also a father. My son gets the pow-pow every once in a while. I do not give my wife the pow-pow. Why? Because I have to withdraw from father to operate in husband, uh, withdraw from husband uh, to operate in father. But God, he can be father and never withdraw from father to be son. He can be son and never stop being the son to be Holy Ghost. But his name is Jesus. He's got a lot more titles than that. Uh, he's the Alpha. He's the Omega. He's the beginning. Uh, he's the end. Uh, he's the lily of the valley. He's the bright and morning star. But he's only one person uh, with one name, uh, Jesus. You may be seated. You see, it's the name of the person who wears the titles that releases the power of the titles. The president, whether you agree with his politics or not, has power because he bears the title the president of the United States. But when he signs something into law, he does not sign the president of the United States. He signs his name. Why? Because the name is what releases the power of the title president of the United States. Uh, when you are baptized in Jesus' name, uh, it releases the power of the title father. It releases the redemptive power of the title son. Uh, it releases uh, the regenerating power, the resurrection power of the title Holy Ghost. Uh, that that's why you got to go down in the name of Jesus. You can be seated. So email said, I want to get baptized in Jesus' name. I said, great, we're in the New Jersey airport. Let's go find a, let's go find a, a fountain. We'll dunk you down right there. We'll get you some jogging pants, a T-shirt. We're going to just drop you down right here, buddy. 
Now, there's some particular things about this story that should concern a normal thinking person. Emil is from Norway. He is a foreigner to America. Emil is 19 years old. He's talking to a complete stranger. Emil has agreed to take a walk through an airport to get dunked in water in front of thousands of people with a complete stranger in a foreign land. Now, the issue is, is we couldn't find a fountain in the New Jersey airport. So we looked out the window. We said, oh, there's a Marriott hotel. Are you willing to get on the bus with us and go to the hotel? And we can baptize you there in the, in the name of Jesus? Emil didn't even call his mama. He said, sure. I'm willing to walk down an aisle. Complete stranger, no problem. Foreign country, no problem. Different language, no problem. Two complete freaks that may be serial killers, no problem. I feel something drawing me down an aisle. It may be inconvenient. It may look weird. But I know once I go down that aisle, I'm going to have a resurrection. I'm going to have a life change. Something's going to happen to me where I'll never be the same again. We went to the hotel, tried to walk into the pool like we were already guests. You know, you walk past the counter, hey, how you doing? Went to the pool door, opened it. It was locked. You had to have a key. So we went to the front counter and said, hey, but can we please baptize him in the pool? She said, ain't happening, buddy. I said, well, can we rent a room for five minutes? We just need to baptize him. She said, I'm sorry. You got to pay full price for a full room. I said, well, what's the full price? She said, $180. And I said, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Maybe I said that in my mind. I don't think that came out of my mouth. I'm not sure. So we bought a room. God have mercy on her soul. We bought a room. An email. Now, not only is he following us through the airport, not only did he get on the bus, now he's coming with us to an upstairs hotel room. And we're walking, and I'm nervous for him. Did email, you know, everything's going to be fine. We're not going to murder you, okay? <laughs> and email had such a determined look. I'll never forget the look on his face. He said, I'm good. I'm good. You see, a spirit had touched email that says, The journey to your resurrection may not look like you thought it would, it may be inconvenient, but if you're willing to walk down an aisle, I'm going to change you forever. I'm going to change you forever. We filled up the bathtub. We dunked email under in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He came up, lifted up his hands, and resurrection power came into his body. And he began to speak in a language he had never spoken in his life. God changed his life. God filled him with resurrection power. Can anybody relate to what I'm talking about right now? 
If you're thankful you walked down an aisle, would you stand to your feet and lift your hands and thank God he brought you to your resurrection? Stay standing. Let me tell you what's about to happen. There's going to be a bunch of people that move out of their seats and walk down an aisle to the front of this church because you want something you've never had in your life. You want the power of God to fill you. And when you come up here, we're going to worship and we're going to pray. And the power of the Spirit of God is going to come inside of your body. And you are going to start talking what the Bible calls speaking in tongues. It's not of your own power. It's not of your own ability. It's just yielding to the Holy Ghost. Somebody's already walking right now. Somebody's already coming. People are already moving. Here's what I want to do. Now, I'm asking you saints of God. This, I think this is a little bit different from what I would normally preach on an Easter service, but I just, I felt it all week long. We're going to have to get out of the way for some people to move, okay? Because some people are jammed in the middle. But here's what I want to happen. Jesus, even on his way down his aisle to his resurrection, had to have somebody help him for a moment. So I want you to turn to two or three people around you. Make sure everybody gets asked this question. I want you to ask them, have you ever received the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues? Don't scare them. Don't glare at them. Just ask them with a smile on your face. If you didn't get asked, you should be highly offended. Turn to somebody and say, ask me the question. If they said yes, tell them you're about to get it again. If they said no, tell them today's your day. The best way to celebrate the resurrection is to experience it for yourself. Now, this is going to be a multi-level altar call. People are going to get the Holy Ghost. People are going to get healed. People are going to get baptized. The first thing we're going to do is for people that need the Holy Ghost. If they said no, I have not received the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. I want you to ask them, would you please walk down the aisle with me on the way to your resurrection and just come, come. Come. People have already come. We didn't even get an invitation. People are coming. Look at this. Look at this courage. Look at this courage. This is absolute courage. 
Yeah, come on, get out of the way. If you need to, I wish some saints would get out in an aisle right now. That way people can move out. If you're, if you're kind of in the middle, make your way out. People are coming. That's it. Would you please not look around for a moment? I want everybody to just lift your hands and worship while people walk right now. People are walking to the front. There's going to be a bunch of people filled with the Holy Ghost this morning uh, in the name of Jesus. Come on, don't look around saying to God, I'm asking uh, intercessors, would you please close your eyes uh, and would you begin to pray with me? Would you begin to pray with me? I'm asking you not to be a spectator. I'm asking you not to be a spectator. Souls Harbor Saints of God, I want you to lock in right now in the name of Jesus. People are still coming. Please come as close as you can. Please come as close as you can. Please come as close as you can. Worship as you come. That's it. You're on your way to your resurrection. It may be inconvenient at first, but it's about to be worth it. People are still coming. Continue coming. People are still walking. I'm asking you people in the middle, if y'all could kind of make your way around the side just a little bit. Make your way around the side. Brother Jerry, from right there, if y'all could start walking that way behind him. Chelsea, Brother, Brother Brooks, if y'all could start walking that way. People are coming down the middle. We need to get them as close as we can. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. That's it. Don't be afraid. We're, people are still coming. I can't stop right now while people are still moving. If you need to be renewed in the Holy Ghost, uh, if you know it's been a long time uh, since you've had this power, you ought to make a trip down an aisle. It's going to be worth your while. It's going to be worth your while. I'm asking you not to lay hands yet, please. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Okay, hear what I'm saying. Hear what I'm saying. Listen, I, some of you may feel like I'm stopping it. I'm not stopping it. What we're going to do is do it all together, and the power of God's going to hit this place. Listen to me. If you are an altar worker, this is what I need you to do. There's a bunch of people. This is what I need you to do. I need you to come up and turn around and face the people, please. Ministers, altar workers, unless you're with somebody, you're already praying for that person you're with. Just stay right there. But if you're not, if you didn't specifically walk up with somebody, please come up, turn around and face. Now, this is what needs to happen. This is what needs to happen. If you have come up, if you took a walk down an aisle to experience resurrection power, I'm asking you, make sure you're not on the fringes. Make sure you get as close as you can. In just a moment, we're going to pray together. And these prayer helpers, these people that already have it inside of them, these people that have experience in the supernatural, they're going to walk among the crowd, and they're going to put their hands on your head. And when they touch your head, you're going to start speaking in tongues as the Holy Ghost fills your body. Okay? I want to tell you some things right now that's going to help you. Number one, your body language is very important to Jesus. Your body language. This is why it's important when you begin to pray, if you're physically able, to lift your hands as high in the air as you can get them. Let's practice. Would you lift your, everybody in the building, would you throw your hands up as high as you, that's it right there. Perfect. You can put your hands down. Listen, body language. You're saying to the Lord, I'm ready right now. You're saying to the Lord, I surrender. When my son walks up to me with his hands up, 
I got to pick him up. Daddy's got to pick him up. And if you hold back, if you kind of keep your hands down or keep your head down, what you're saying to the Lord is, I'm not quite ready. And Jesus is a gentleman. He will not force his spirit inside of you. So if you've made the walk, you might as well throw your hands as high as you can get them. The next thing I want to tell you, it's important. Now, this may be simple to you, but we have seen hundreds of people get the Holy Ghost. This past year, we saw more people get the Holy Ghost in our life, in our entire life. If you, when you pray, not only have your hands lifted up, but you will lift your head. Because what's going to happen is the devil, there's going to be a little bit of a fight in just a moment. The devil will remind you of how unworthy you are. He'll remind you that you're worthless. He'll remind you that this is something you can't have, and you'll want to put your head down. The way to fight that is just lift your head up. The Bible says, I will lift up mine eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. I want you to practice that. Would you, on the count of three, lift your hands and lift your head as high as you can get it. One, two, three. You can put it down. You can put it down. Do you feel the atmosphere change when you do that? Number three, this is the most important thing right here. You've got to be willing to praise God with the loudest voice you've ever used in your life. You've got to be willing to praise the Lord with the loudest voice. When you, hold on one second, when you lift, somebody's already getting excited. It's about to happen, that's why. When you begin to shout, hallelujah, that's the highest praise you can give, hallelujah. When you begin to shout, hallelujah, your emotions will open up to Jesus. Your soul, you see, it's impossible to raise your voice without releasing your emotions. When you lift your voice and begin to shout, hallelujah, with lifted hands and lifted head, your soul will open up wide for the power of the Spirit to come into your body. I want us to practice. On the count of three, we're going to throw our hands up, throw our head up, and shout hallelujah to the top of our lungs. You ready? One, two, three. Okay, hold on. You, you feel it. It just starts taking over instantly. What we must do before we do this, what we must do, is repent together. Everybody in this building, from side to side, front to back, every single person, whether it's your first time or hundredth time here, Pastor Jason is going to come. We're going to lift our hands to the Lord and close our eyes, and we are going to repent together. I want you to say things like this, Jesus take away my sins. I'm sorry for my sins. Jesus, please, I give my heart to you today. Say things like that. We cannot repent for you. You've got to use your words. Are you ready? Would you lift your hands right now? From the front to the back, your own words. Let's pray together. Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, I pray that you will forgive me. 
God, I'm sorry for everything in my life that's displeasing to you. God, the decisions I've made and the actions that I have done. Oh, Lord, there are things going through my mind right now. I can't name all the things I've done, but God, I'm asking you to forgive me and wash me. God, give me a fresh start. God, that preacher said that you would forgive me if I would ask you, and so I'm asking you right now to forgive me of my sins. God, give me a fresh start today. I need a resurrection in my life. God, I'm sorry, and I'm ready for you. God, search my heart. Go ahead, talk to him. Search my heart, Lord. You know everything about me. You know all the secret places of my heart. Right now, I give it to you. I withhold nothing from you, Jesus. Take over my life in the name of Jesus. That's it. Just talk to him. Let that just empty out. Just empty out. God, I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry. God, I'm ready for a fresh start in the name of Jesus. God, cleanse me. Cleanse me, Lord. I'm not perfect, but you said if I'd ask, you would forgive me in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Forgive me. That's it. I see tears flowing. Let's stay right here for a moment. In the name of Jesus, I see tears begin to flow down people's face. God, take this sin away from me. Take this stuff out of me. Take everything from when I was a child all the way up to this present day. Forgive me, Lord. Cleanse me. There it is. That's it. That's it. Right there. Let those tears flow. Let that washing happen. God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lord. In Jesus' name. Now let's thank the Lord that he heard our prayer. I want you to thank him. Don't repent any longer. Thank him. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing my prayer. Thank you, Jesus, that you're washing my sins away today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now here we go. Here we go. Hear me one second. I'm going to pray a very quick prayer. When I finish this prayer, I'm going to shout hallelujah. I want every intercessor, every person up here, when I say, when I shout hallelujah, that is your cue to start shouting hallelujah, loudly shouting. Those will be the last words out of your mouth that you understand. Your tongue, your tongue is going to start doing something funny. There's going to be a stutter that comes in. There's going to be too many L's, too many, too many syllables you didn't even plan on. When that happens to you, and it will happen instantly, do not close your mouth. Do not stop it. That is Jesus speaking through your mouth. Let it flow. Let it flow. Are you ready? Altar workers, when they start speaking in tongues, lift your thumb until you get somebody's attention on the platform. That way we can keep an accurate count of what God is doing. Everybody, every head raised, every hand raised. Are you ready to worship God in the name of Jesus? By the authority of the Word of God and by the power of the name Jesus, every single one of you receive the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. Hallelujah! That's it, talk in tongues. 
That's it. Talk in tongues. Shekata, there's one right there. There's one right there. There's another one right there. There's two. There's three. Let it out of your mouth. There's four right there. There's four right there. Come on, speak it out. Speak it out. There's five right there. Whatever you feel to say, there's six right there. There's seven. There's eight. That's it. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Don't forget to show me that thumb. There's nine. Come on, close your eyes and shout hallelujah. Close your eyes and shout resurrection power. Receive it now. Come on, let it go. Let it out of your mouth. There's ten right there. The people are getting the Holy Ghost. Ten have already got it. Ten people have already been filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on, let it out of your mouth. Let that stutter out. Come on, it's going to be like baby talk. Just let it out no matter what it sounds like. He's showing up on Kosaya.
receive it. Just yield to it. That's all you got to do. Just yield to the Holy Ghost. Let's thank the Lord. I counted over 20 thumbs up. Over 20 people received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Let's thank the Lord. Can somebody thank the Lord right now for what God has done on Easter morning? We didn't just talk about the resurrection. We experienced the resurrection. Hallelujah! There's another one speaking in tongues right there. 
Now hear me. It's 11.40. It's 11.40. Pastor just reminded me. People are getting baptized. If you were baptized in titles, please understand my spirit. I am not belittling your experience. It takes guts to get baptized. But for the authority of God's redemptive power to be released in your life, a name has to be spoken over you. So I will tell you, just as the Apostle Paul told the disciples, the Christians that were at Ephesus in Acts chapter 19, if you were baptized in titles, please, I'm begging you in Jesus' name, go get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. We've got robes. You take off your dry clothes. You put on the robe. We dunk you under in Jesus' name. You put your dry clothes back on. It's about five minutes of inconvenience. But all of your sins will be washed away in just a moment. In just a moment. Just tell somebody beside you, I want to get baptized right now. We'll take you back. If you need healing in your body, if you need healing in your body, I want you to very quickly, I'm not going to take a lot of time, I want you to walk up an aisle and come stand right in front of this pulpit right here. If you need a miracle in your body, come, 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 come. Not too many people, just a handful. Look at that. Oh, more people are coming. If you need a miracle, now's the time. Just a couple of weekends ago, a lady walked down an aisle and said, I have lupus. I have lupus. My body is turning on itself. I need a miracle. We prayed a very simple prayer over her. She went to the doctor. They tested her blood. Lupus disappeared out of her body completely. We recently prayed for another lady who had hepatitis. Her liver was destroyed. They were going to take her liver out and give her a transplant. She walked down an aisle. She said, please pray for me that God would heal my body. God took the hepatitis out of her body and restored her liver 100%. 100%. So if you need a miracle, altar workers, if you're still there, great. If you need a miracle, I want you to lift your hands right now. We're going to pray a simple prayer. I don't, want, I don't even want you to ask the Lord to heal you. I just want you to praise Him. Just worship the Lord. It's just so easy to get a miracle. You just simply worship. Just simply worship. Are you ready? Lift your hands right now. By the authority of the Word of God... And by the power of the name of Jesus, I curse every disease out of this body right now. I curse every sickness out of your body right now. I command restoration power to come into your body right now. In the name of Jesus, every pain leave your body right now. Totally whole, totally restored. In the name of Jesus Christ. That's it, worship. It's coming on you right now. Worship. Just worship the Lord. As easily as you feel him. As easily as you feel him right now. Healing is coming upon your body. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, 
We're going to baptize somebody. Just keep on worshiping. If you feel a difference in your body, just wave a hand at me. If you feel like God has touched your body, just wave a hand at me. In the name of Jesus Christ, there's one fanatically waving their hands right there. There's two. There's three. There's four. Baptize in Jesus' name. Sharon, according to the confession of your faith and obedience to the word of God, I baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Amen. 